What's up, y'all? The Life in Commune is back in full effect. We've moved, we've got our new setup going, and now we are here to start providing podcasts for you again. Before we begin this episode, make sure to hit the like button to rate the podcast wherever you're listening. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us spread the good vibe. Now let's get into this week's episode. So now that we're officially back and in the new space, I think something that we should all acknowledge is that we all binge watch Teenage Bounty Hunters in the space. In, in, in our own time, time. our last podcast and now. We finished about a week ago. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, I, the whole team crushed Netflix's most underrated show, Teenage Bounty Hunters. It really is underrated. I mean, criminally it's, underrated, it's I feel. It's very good. It's super bummer they don't come in. If you're listening, it doesn't come out with the second season. So it's like, I don't even know how I can recommend it. Because you just get <laughs> one of them. And there's, that's it. It's, like it's it. very true. Would you, if, if, if it's a season of something, are you more inclined to watch if there's multiple seasons? Yes. Or I would you let something ride for one season and be like, eh, like there's some stuff I look on and I'm like, it's only one season. Do I really want to get invested knowing that it ends right then and there? But sometimes it's good if the story has like an actual ending to it so you don't right. get that Game of Thrones situation where like the last two seasons are terrible because he hasn't written it yet and the, the, show, the showrunners were not ready to handle they that much material or clearly. Capable, or clearly. capable, yeah, clearly <laughs> it was a disaster. Uh, you could even say that with the most recent three Star Wars movies as well, right? Like there's no payoff ever. They didn't know how to conclude everything or wrap things up. So I don't think more is better. You even think about that with like Walking Dead, like is more better with that? Dude, no, Walking Dead is still going. I've never, <laughs> I, I, you know I've never watched The Walking Dead. You've never watched The Walking Dead? You've watched the it first, a few times. Oh, the first Dude, couple seasons like, are good. I feel like you're like the one guy. What's Which his one? name? I wouldn't know. I, I asked yeah, it like no. I would know. Who? Oh, Daryl? Daryl, yeah. The guy from Boondock I mean, Boondocks he rides a motorcycle. The guy from Boondock Saints. He's got a crossbow. I that can, would be you. You could be Daryl for Halloween. Yeah. Like that could, I, that could Easily. work. We could get there. Easily. Yeah, you, yeah. We'll you have there. the outfit. You wouldn't even need to buy anything new. You'd probably be excited <laughs> about that. Every time I think of Daryl, though, I, it makes me think of The Office. Oh, oh my gosh. Dude, uh, to, to keep <laughs> this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your dad's <laughs> um, uh, Harvey watches this show in the morning called Trash Truck. And... Uh, the voice of the ploppy grizzly bear is Kevin from The Office, and it's all I can can't take it seriously. Can't I mean, to be fair, it's a kid show about a, a trash truck, like a dumpster truck, that is best friends with this little kid, and it's basically like the golden retriever in the family is a trash truck. And Harvey, we're way off, and we'll start this podcast soon, I promise, but Harvey loves it so much because she loves trucks that now when garbage trucks garbage trucks in particular that she talks about trash truck as if he's a person she rolled over to me in bed the other night and goes trash truck is really sick mama (laughs) trash truck is really sick so what should we do just give him some medicine Yeah. So uh, speaking of, I guess medicine. I don't know why that relates to a transitional point. I'm at not all. sure. How Besides, you transition the, that? We're about a to good a good medicine for a bad mood <laughs> is to watch Teenage Bounty Hunters <laughs> on Netflix. It true. will make you laugh and smile and cry all at the same time. And the fact that there's not a second season is a huge. This bummer. is us subtly petitioning someone listening to help us get a second season of Teenage I Bounty Hunters. You, I'm about it. Um, yeah, but I guess we also didn't really finish the discussion. Do you do you watch something? Because it has multiple seasons. Oh, I have a lot of shows that I've liked that have only been one season. Usually it's kind of like short, not on purpose, you know, like the Firefly effect. But I feel like there's a lot of things that are just meant to be contained. I agree. Like I just finished The Good Place finally. And 
I loved that show. I adored that show. And it ended not because it got canceled, but because the creator was just done with the story. Like yeah. the guy who wrote it was like, this is all I ever wanted it to be. I don't mm -hmm. want to keep going. There's nowhere else to go. Well, and yeah. so he just ended it. It was like, I think it's four seasons and it was just over. And it was uh, like, it had good payoff. It ended mm -hmm. well. I guess you can't count the ones that are like brand new. So if yeah. it's starting, you just, you don't kind of know. Yeah. But if it like leaves you with a cliffhanger at the end and then you tell me, oh, it's been canceled. It's a really big bummer. Yeah. But other than that, like, I do feel like. That does happen in yeah. episode 10. Oh, another one that's good though. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting, no payoff ever. But maybe, maybe TJ's bounty hunters someday. We'll come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Subtle petition. All right, on to the topic, the title of this podcast. Probably why you're listening <laughs> in the first place. Um, should you only practice yoga? This is a question we've gotten a lot recently. Do we only practice yoga? What is a recommendation that we have for students, for teachers, really for anybody, um, being that we've all kind of been in this space for a long time? So what do you recommend and just how does that, how does that look for you right now? How has it looked for you in the past? And where do you land on that topic in this moment? Carling, we'll go to you first. I just think it, I think before you can even address it or answer it, it just depends, like not for me personally, but as like a, to the audience, well, what purpose does your practice serve for you? Because should you only do yoga, like, sure, if you only want to do yoga, if you're trying to have yoga also be your movement discipline and have it be your spiritual practice and everything else, like, I just think it's tough to, all of us are probably going to go through what we actually think about it, but I think it's important to acknowledge just how many hours in the day there really are <laughs> to try to do as many things that we want to do. Um, so it just depends on what your practice is to you, like what purpose does it serve in your life? And I think that's an important place to go as a precursor to like the physical side of can asana, you know, is asana the only thing that you do? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. What purpose does like, does the yoga practice serve for you? Do you feel like? Well, I think it serves many purposes uh, for me, but I also think that one of the biggest things that I like to focus on with my practices being exploratory. And so depending on how that aligns or connects, it really helps me um, frame and shape different parts of my life, I guess. Like there's sometimes when uh, it's as physical as I need anything to be. And then other times it's not where I'm studying different things or interested in different things. And so I think it's really, for me personally, kind of about the, the application of my practice as opposed to just is doing a physical yoga practice the only thing that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good distinction, right? Like does, does the physical side of asana provide everything you need in your life? I'm gonna say this <coughs> excuse me, really quickly. Nothing is the only thing that will provide everything for Agreed. you. There's literally not one form of movement or exercise or sport or that is pill, or, or pill yeah, or, 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 or yes. spiritual discipline or mm -hmm. academic discipline mm -hmm. that will provide everything in you. I think this is where this question gets so interesting. You know, like if you're having this conversation about Pilates or about Olympic weightlifting, things like that, it's such a smaller conversation, but because yoga has these many different limbs and so many different facets, it's so hard to, I don't, it's so hard to distill it down and say it, it just can't be everything because there's a lot of facets which makes people think it can be everything. Mm -hmm. 
I think it can be in a sense, though. I think everything is really about the way that you frame it. And what I mean by that is, so often when I get this question, it's probably a bit more related to fitness. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I always like to answer in, re in a rebuttal to it, and then you guys need to chime in as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, is what brings you joy? Because if something brings you joy, you're more likely to incorporate that in your life or even make it part of your lifestyle. And I think the general population of people doesn't move enough, right? I think that's a very safe thing to say, pretty much across the board, especially in uh, the United States. When you're trying to get any form of movement into your body, running, yoga, cycling, Peloton, lifting, playing any sport, right? If you don't enjoy it, the odds that you come back to it or are willing to make any sort of sacrifice for it is incredibly low. And so if you find joy in your yoga practice, um, then you're more likely to come back to it continuously Then you're more likely to move continuously. And you're more likely to move continuously, you're more likely to stay healthy. One of the things I really like about the yoga practice we're just talking about it in terms of a movement or fitness discipline is that it's one of the few things that touches many different areas of the body in a very interesting and exploratory way especially the way that we teach it not saying anything about anybody else just saying the way that we teach it is very active as y'all know from practicing with us <laughs> i mean i think it's just it's if we're looking at purely the austin of practice from like a fitness perspective what you're saying is it touches a ton of different parts of the body, but does it do everything that everybody needs? I, 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 so again, I don't think, I, I think we said this before, I don't think anything does that, but I think it's more just about, do, if you find joy in doing something, you'll most likely continue to do it. Whereas if you're, you're like, man, I hate cardio, but I want aesthetics, you need the aesthetic motivation to do cardio. You don't like cardio. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I think it's really hard to stay doing cardio because eventually it'll be like, oh, well, fuck aesthetics. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like eventually it'll be like, I, I don't know if I really care about burning those extra 272 calories for doing this 22 minute ride on whatever exercise bike or running around the block eight extra times at a certain pace to burn those calories. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many different things that you can do, but if you enjoy it, then you're more likely to do it continuously. I think that something with the yoga practice, because because there is so many different facets to it, I think that you really can. And I'm gonna go ahead and to say that you can probably do, like yoga could be something that you did for the rest of your life as the only thing you did. And I think that it could fill a lot of the brackets in terms of like being healthy as a human, like cardiovascular and all the different things to build anaerobic capacity. Like I think there's so many different ways that you can tailor the practice. There's so many different varieties of the practice that it can always be shifted and transformed and kind of adapted to where you are currently. And I think that what you said too about the joy is like when you're more apt to find joy within it, you're more apt to return. So then that you become more exploratory on the practice to branch out into those other different facets of the practice. And so I think, can it, should it, can it? Yes, but should it be? Maybe not. I mean, it kind of yeah. depends definitely on the person, uh, definitely like again, your goals. There's so many different things to say, like, should you do this or that? And I think that that's a hard kind mm -hmm. of like, should anyone do anything? I don't know. I'm not the one to tell <laughs> that, you know? It's like, it's up to you. So it's kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, I'd say for me, um, 
this practice really offers opportunity to um, be way more aware of what my body actually does when I do move. So yoga has been so helpful and ritualistic to me to check in. And that's carried over to any other things that I want to do and has helped me, um, for example, I feel like when I am in a ritualistic with my yoga practice, I'm very mindful and tension of those movements, I start to question, or not to question, but I start to notice, oh, maybe I move a little, it's more of that self-inquiry. I feel like, oh, I move this way, I move this way. To fix that, I might need other supplemental things or, or other supplemental activities to help me reach the goal of my yoga um, or, or to help me find more balance in my yoga practice. So I think in that way for me, other avenues of, of I don't want to say exercise, but other avenues of movement, yoga's really helped me be more mindful in the ways that I move and then and in turn helps me decide, oh, I'm wanting to open up more this way or create more strength here. And hopefully for people that start to practice even with us, they start to learn that we're able to utilize movement in the way that we teach through awakening, that we can bring some of that, like you said, within the yoga practice and not necessarily um, in some of the more traditional manners. I think that's a good point, just kind of the illuminating nature of the practice that can give you more interest in doing other things, right? Because like the asana practice, I was kind of trying to bait you a little bit to say this, Patrick, was just that like physically it can't do everything for you. There's only so much load you can add with body weight movement. Mm -hmm. There's only so much capacity growth you can get. There's you're not, you know, there's only so much pull mechanics that can exist. But would I care at all about doing pull-ups or pull things if I didn't do yoga? Mm -hmm. Like, no, I wouldn't. But I, I understand enough about how balanced the rotator cuff should be and things like that to then see my yoga practice, see what I do there, and think, oh, I should do some of this other stuff or to get me more interested in when, you know, we used to spend a lot of time climbing and bouldering and things like that. And I didn't – I probably would not have explored that had I not been teaching yoga at a climbing gym and – been immersed in the anatomy side of things to think, oh, this might be a healthy, fun way for me to balance things out and to provide more stability in my shoulders, things like that. But would I have ever gone there without the yoga practice as my like inquiry as the base level? I probably wouldn't have. Yeah, I think there's so many things uh, that are good for you. I think the, the simplest thing that almost everybody can agree to is that like movement at the proper capacity for your current physicality is good for you. Yeah. Right? Like, and you want to work as hard as you can to live in your framework and then just slightly above your baseline mm -hmm. because then you're going to be able to continue to practice or to move or to exercise like you don't want to the easiest thing to do or to the easiest example to make here is with running or weightlifting you're like you don't want to all of a sudden be like hey haven't ran in a few years i think we might as well start off with a marathon just just see what <laughs> happens you know see if we can make it to the finish line or like you haven't done uh weightlifting in ever and you're like hey let's just throw 300 onto the squat rack and just see what happens you know and i think so often when it comes to um to other forms of movement especially when numbers and reps get involved, it's very easy to let quality and form disappear because you're trying to accomplish the task at hand and that forces you 
almost to lose form. I mean, I didn't, we were talking about this the other day. Like, I honestly d did, didn't even really know to, to like activate my glutes when I was finishing a squat for the longest time. Do you know what I mean? Like back when I was training, like, I, like no one was like, hey, make sure you activate your glutes and kind of like finish the squat. Like never. Never. Never once told to <laughs> do that. It was just like squat and stand and yeah. squat and stand. Yeah, exactly. Not squeeze and extend. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, more, so, it's yeah. more so than just being like, no, I got to go lower. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's the only yeah. feedback you got. Or like are you when you're squatting, like are you moving from your hips or are you moving from your well, back? Are you, are you hinging? Yeah, are you squatting? hinging or are you rounding? Because, again, yeah. like from my proportions, right, like you all see it all the time and I talk about it very very often, I have a long spine that does flexion very well, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, just relation to my proportions. And so, what I can squat like a decent amount of weight into my deepest position, but it's not a good form, or is it healthy for me because I'm not moving from my right hips places. from the right places and so being able to really understand those things i think is super important when you want to begin to add load or other thing other forms of capacity well that. yoga just teaches you so like yoga there's like we said like the asana practice is missing some physical components if you were to say this is my only physical discipline i'm doing and if you're going to do it at like a career yogi rate because like as a casual yoga practitioner could you just do yoga yeah you could totally just do it if you're doing it at like a really high level, I don't mean advanced, but like hours a day of yoga, are there balancing things you should be doing for your body and for your joints? Yeah, there probably are. But something that is so, I think, unique about yoga is just the amount of introspection that it teaches you, like how to actually inhabit your body, how to pay attention to those things, how to notice those things. Like you start to notice your proportions or like CJ said, how you move, where you move, what's imbalanced, all that. And it just, it teaches you pieces of movement that I think go beyond like the rep counts and the growth in that way. Cause if you have better skills at interoception, you'll have better skills at proprioception, which is like how you interact with space and where your limbs are and things like that. And if you have really strong interoceptive and proprioceptive skills, then you're going to have much better balance. That means like you'll age much more gracefully. You'll be able to move through the world much more resilient, probably less injury prone. So the things it, it offers you that aren't purely physical are actually deeply important they just aren't the same as like i need push motions i need pull motions mm -hmm. this is happening in my hip joint that kind of thing so they they're more they're more like subtle body but but they're actually it's almost very like important. yoga helps bring out that awareness of what your body needs mm -hmm. and what that what you're wanting with other goals and to create longevity like you said mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing people want to be able to it's no fun being hurt and injured and when you can't and when you're injured you can't do anything mm -hmm. and so a lot of times that those injuries come from bad patterning mm -hmm. and so when we can kind of find that in intra perspective uh focus on things i think like you said you're able to question oh what do i need what does bring me joy mm -hmm. what you can kind of start to answer those questions but at least for me I never asked myself that until the yoga practice. Mm -hmm. Me either, ever. I just used to, I was just, I would sit on the treadmill in college or whatever cardio equipment and, until I hit a thousand calories. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I would do. I would just sit until I hit that benchmark. And it's like, like that's all I was, it, I would watch whatever, three episodes of Rock of Love in 2005. <laughs> that's a good show. I watched it <laughs> the too. college at the IMA. Like, 
I just had no grasp on why I would move that wasn't for caloric. Like once I got out of competitive sports, mm -hmm. besides for competition purposes, I didn't have any reason why I would care about moving aside for aesthetics or for like mm -hmm. rep counts, calorie counts, things like that. It really took finding yoga to dive into like, why do I want to do this? Not just why should I do this? Like a capital S. Yeah, I had this, actually there's this one quote that I read uh, once that said, when it comes to physical activity or fitness in general, it said you should move through life without feeling fatigued. And I thought that that kind of, it resonated with me in a way that was like when you're doing what you're doing, if you wake up the next day and you feel really tired and you're not gonna come back to the whatever you did the day before, cause you're like, I'm sore, that sucked. I, you know, that was like, it took it out of me. And so you're more, you're less inclined to wanna come back and try it again. Whereas I think why I keep coming back to yoga is cause I do preach this to a lot of people that I know. Yes, I think as a, uh, career yogi, we notice these things and I think that we come into terms with our body like, yeah, we need more resistance training or different loads added to our body to create more resilience into our tissues and our joints and all these different things. But I think for like the general population, I feel like yoga is such one of those approachable things that like you might feel a little sore the next day, but like everyone keeps saying it brings you in touch with that introspective moment of like well, how you're moving your body in space. And I think that that just is a really translatable thing off your mat as well, like getting up and down off the ground when you're loading groceries, you're loading your dishes, you're doing laundry, you're picking up children. I think that that's what's so cool, I think, about the yoga practice, that if you should want to do one thing for the rest <laughs> of your life, it could be that thing because there's just so many different ways you can tailor it to add your own resistance. Will it be enough to maybe reach your goals of like handstand push-ups? Probably not. But that's <laughs> I did handstand push-ups without anything else. Well, right. But I mean, like you'd have I'm constrained just... dedication. Like, <laughs> but again, but again, again, that's a living, proven example that he just did yoga to do that. So yeah. it's like but these at, things at, at one happen. end of the bell curve, right? Yoga practitioner. Exactly. Like he's like there. You know, like we're like all kind of somewhere down <laughs> yeah. here on this yeah. curve. So that's why I just keep I keep rounding back to is I think us as you know, long time yogis, we're gonna start to notice these more imbalances, a little bit, I think, more in focus than a lot of the general population yes. will. I also mean, notice so. when I do other things, um, like for example, when I, before I started doing yoga, I, I ran and did other things, and then you do a yoga class, and because like you said, you move around so much, and you're able to um, move in different uh, planes of the body, you really notice, oh wow, I'm actually very, very tight on the right <laughs> side. And maybe you wouldn't have that mm -hmm. awareness if you didn't um, find that plane of movement. And I think that's what's so great about awakening and what we do is that we really touch those different planes of movements in, in effective and approachable ways to where hopefully, whether this is your full-time thing or it's a supplement to whatever else you do it starts to create that kind of self-talk to yourself of oh hey this is actually where i'm at mm -hmm. or where what i need yeah i always think about yoga as a life enhancement practice mm -hmm. and so whether you're thinking about it physically or thinking about it holistically during this podcast we are keeping it pretty physical and mm -hmm. i think that's the aim of the question so i just want to phrase that yeah. here um but when you're thinking about like the way that you're living, like y you, your life is t 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, seven days a week. I should have thrown that in the middle, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, until it's not right. And so you want to be able to have a full experience every single day. And I think that if you're really looking for um, out outside of if you're in a, in a space where you're a competition-based athlete where you're someone that needs to be very good on a particular day at a particular time. Um, I think it's 
a much better approach to have something that you can come to day in and day out mm-hmm. that can show up for you. Right. And so um, that just kind of, I guess, echoing a little bit of what other, everybody else is saying, like, is yoga the only thing that you should do or that you quote unquote should do? Probably no, but is it the only thing that you can do? Probably yes, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's going to just give you a lot of different avenues and then you can readjust Mm -hmm. uh, your intentions and align them with action. This is something we talk a lot about in trainings because in a training you really are aligning intention with an action, right? Um, You know, you signed up for the training, you showed up for the training, whether it's in person or online, and then over the course of the training you are moving towards your goal with the action of going through the course, right? Um, but just as everybody's saying here, like when you start to practice and really begin to consider movement, you start to notice things about yourself. Like CJ's right butt cheek does not work. Like the glute does not fire. <laughs> you start to notice things you, about your friends yeah, and about your friends. family. We all, you all start talking about <laughs> these things. You know what I mean? Carling's left shoulder is like in her ear. Dude. Without time. yoga, it's, it's like living well, I've got some scoliosis. Watch, okay. the last, watch the last handstand I did today. Yeah. My straddle, my left hip is so far in front of my right. I'm <laughs> twisting. I'm like when did we do a twisted straddle when I was like <laughs> editing? I was like, never. Never, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, but you, you, learn, you learn these things about yourself, right? Like my left tricep, like I have to focus more on my left than I do on my right. Like there's, there's all these different things that these imbalances that you start to become more and more and more aware of in your own body. And uh, then you can begin to apply different different techniques and, and things into those to enhance them if you need to or to fix them if not. And um, fixing them is only assessing your body's natural state and then trying to work with it to make it more complete, more connected and more aware. And so uh, the different techniques that you're practicing in yoga, they're, you know, you can call them sequences. I like to call them techniques a lot of the time because I do think a well crafted sequence is a technique for something specific, Mm -hmm. right? And you're applying that technique for a specific reason. And it's not just like to get to another pose. It's like, oh, like if we're looking at the awakening B, right? That's something that if you're listening to this, you're most likely in some, some way, shape or form familiar with. That sequence is a sequence of balancing. Yes, that's an obvious first foray into it, but it's really a sequence of understanding your pelvic positioning right? You're understanding your pelvis in lunge, you're understanding your pelvis in a warrior three position, and you're understanding your pelvis as it relates to backbending, right? And so if you can begin to gather that information, that's a technique for, that applies across your practice, but it's also a technique that applies to you sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. It's a technique that applies to you standing up, right? And so those, the, if you can sit in a chair you know upright and if you can stand up with confidence now all of a sudden the way you interact with the world is vastly different than it was before and that's a really cool thing to realize um and to recognize within yourself i just was as you were saying that all three of us kind of like shifted our posture like someone says what is my pelvis doing right now (laughs) my favorite thing is whenever you say something with posture with shelby the hands always come with it too it goes very senior (laughs) picture dude (laughs) they do every time i don't know why i have no idea why all of a sudden you feel it. Posture is one of those things. Well, it's that same body awareness that you carry with yourself off the map, but just life and sensory overall all the time. There's no way you can maintain that kind of stuff all the time. And it's very similar to the yoga practice where like 
All you can do is just keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. All you can do is just start again and start again. Mm-hmm. And even as we do this podcast, you feel yourself slumping down. And then you that moment comes and you're like, and we're back. Right? My dad used to always, if I was sitting like that, he would always come back and be like, every <laughs> single time. And he was like, you're going to look like your old grandma. Because <laughs> my, gr- my grandma really did have a huge hump. It was my great-grandmother, but she had a really hunchback. And I was like, she was like, do not be like that. Lift your shoulders up. <laughs> Tuck your chin in. And I was like, you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. No problem. <laughs> All right, so what is everybody doing currently outside of yoga? What am I doing outside of yoga? I am hitting the Peloton at home. Wait, what's, what's your current, like your current uh, breakdown in terms of outside of yoga activities only? So like, like you're hitting the Peloton three, four times a week. Three times a week, I'd say, is probably my average. I'm hitting yeah. the Peloton three times a week. I try to do one longer form class, like a 45-minute class, and then usually I'm just doing... 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever I can get in. Um, and I like the arms and intervals classes. Oh, my gosh. I like them. I like punching those little two-pound weights around. and <laughs> They're we, just fun. We they went just... to a boxing class one time, and the boxing instructor brought Carling in the ring for a mid-session, and he goes, after a few, a few seconds, he goes, who are you trying to punch, Barney? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair... We didn't go to one boxing. To be fair, he we, was probably drunk. To be fair, he was, you know, an old school boxing coach in a, in a dingy basement. But it was fun, and we did do. Did boxing. he have sunglasses on that time? He wore sunglasses a lot when he was. He was an teaching. amazing boxing coach, so I will not lie. He was. No, I awesome. loved it. I mean, the awesome. three of us went to this boxing gym consistently for like a year until he got fired. until he got fired, and then you know I needed my my wild card dude to get keep me motivated. But he did. We were doing mitt work in the ring, and he was like. What did he call it? He just called me soft and then said, who are you fighting, Barney? And I was like, I'm trying. <laughs> like, In the just... meantime, he's rapping the lyrics to Lose Yourself, which was often on repeat during his yeah. classes. But I love that. That was a uh, outside of yoga movement fitness endeavor I like that I really fun. liked. That's like, fun. I really like boxing. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It feels like – because one thing that I feel – I struggle with sometimes in the yoga practice and it has nothing to do with necessarily the physical components, but just the energetic tone. Like I am a person who likes the energy of uppers, right? I want something to like kind of give me that external motivation. And it's partially why like just like silly overpriced boutique fitness classes with bad music sometimes, because it just like gives you that like quick hit of endorphins. Mm -hmm. And I felt like boxing was a place where you could get out more, uh, adrenaline pump more like energy dump than you can in the yoga practice and for my nervous system that's very hel- helpful like for my constitution I kind of need that and I, I find that it makes a big difference in my mental well-being mm-hmm. and so even though I know that <laughs> some of my other inputs like for all of my anatomical knowledge and experience I still often choose dumb stuff to do that is just fun because I just know from a mental perspective, that's equally as important. But, but you're also balance. you're also not doing it regularly. Like even yeah, when you're going to the boxing big, it's gym. It's not my main thing. Yeah. So e- even like for example, when you're going to the boxing gym, just to give this a frame of reference for people, it was always a uh, every other day oh, yeah, or two, two to three. It was a supplemental activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't your main no, thing. No, it so was that's, just that little supplement that totally. felt good and was yeah, yeah. fun. And it was something of different course. that you don't have to, especially as... You don't a, have to intellectualize. You don't have to intellectualize, especially for all of us and for any teachers that are listening. 
you know, there's that thing that happens when you start teaching where all of a sudden you can overthink everything. You've intellectualized the practice. And so it's often nice to have something else that just isn't your thing that you can do and just be a part of. Um, and there's no risk. Like, I don't know anything about boxing. What do I, I watch some UFC and I've done some boxing, but I don't know anything. So I'm there to just learn and observe and have fun and work out. Um, and I can't, and my head doesn't get in the way, yeah. mm-hmm. which is how I feel about Peloton too. I don't know anything about cycling. I just, you know, listen, turn up the music and do what they tell me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair play. Siege? Uh, I would say for me, I really enjoy, I'm a fair weather runner. So if it's nice outside, I'll run uh, multiple times a week. If it's shitty outside, I won't usually run at all. Um, I like to do, I like to go to um, the climbing gym. I really enjoy climbing when I can. And a lot of the climbing gyms also have other movement areas to where I like to work on calisthenics. I've been working with uh, Simon Strength. I don't know his, I don't know, I just call him Simon Strength. I don't know his last name. That's I don't good, know if dude. he's got one last name. <laughs> Maybe his last name is strength. just Strength, dude. Dude, he's, he's, um, he's crazy, all the stuff that he can do. Um, but that was always um, really fun for me, uh, or I enjoy kind of moving. I, I'm not, I don't need extra motivation. I don't need someone necessarily yelling at me or anything like that. I, I kind of... I like to learn the pattern, and then I like to do it myself, like in my own space. So I, I'm enjoy, I enjoy uh, climbing gyms or even like spaces like this to where uh, you can kind of do it on your own. You can be guided if you want to, but I'm not really into fitness classes anymore. That's just not necessarily my thing. Um, and I think that's just because football. I was just I don't I don't want anyone coaching me or yelling <laughs> at me. I'm done. I'm You've done. had enough of those I've, years. I've, I've had en- a, enough of that. Um, and if I have uh, weights, I enjoy I, I enjoy doing some weight stuff every now and then. I'm kind of like you. I, I uh, uh, there's a lot of different supplemental things that it's seasonal. It it, de- it just depends on where I'm at in life, what mm-hmm. time I have for it. And I think for me, it's it's a um, it's kind of a relief that I don't have to feel like I have to stick with this. I mean, even in sports growing up, I got that once baseball season in. Whew, thank goodness. <laughs> and I was decent at it. As you go to the next sport and yeah. then the next sport. And so that's kind of how I feel um, outside of the yoga practice. Like when it's nice out, I'll be outside uh, walking, running, uh, move outside. Like there, there's so much things to do. And then when it's a little bit darker in Seattle, the days are, that's when I can be more um, – calisthenics indoors or go climb or different things like that cool me i do (laughs) outside of yoga right now um i do a lot of just body weight movement still but in a different way Um, i'm using my own body as leverage and i do use a little bit of extra weight every now and then if i can feel like my body is ready and supported for it um but i'm doing i'm in the part of this group called the Movement Guild. And so each week or each different se- session has gone through different phases of like what the intensity of our movement is. Uh, and so here at late, we're doing about three days a week of probably um, four different exercises, but they're like groups. So I do two at once for like three to four rounds and then they're grouped for another two for two to three. And so it's kind of like grouped if you would do a workout class in a boutique or something setting like that. Um, and I really love that type of movement as well. Um, I think it's something for me, I can't show up and just go with, to a blank space. Like, kind of like CJ said, I do like to do it in my own way, but I do like to know like what I'm doing that day. Like I have to have a program like listed for my week of like Monday looks like yeah, this, like Wednesday looks like this, and Friday looks like this. And then kind of like going accordingly, 
on how I go hard in yoga or if I'm doing a mellow flow or you know how I can kind of base it off my own schedule as well especially right now since teaching I am teaching and doing that so it's part of my movement regime as well um, but I do find it's a really nice balance because Although I did say I was such a component earlier of yoga being the only thing, I do, I'm a huge component of resistance training as well. <laughs> I like think it's very much a necessary, necessary thing, um, but it's only whenever you know why it's necessary, I think that it becomes really ap applicable to you and your body. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of different movement. I don't really know how to group it, I would say. You know more, you know about the movement field. It's like hard to kind of group what it, it is. actually is. I can't really like describe it for you. It's just lots of functional movements, kind of like we started with like roots reintegrating like functional movement patterns so squatting hinging pushing pulling like mechanics of life and then kind of now building upon that so once your body kind of got into a routine where it felt like you weren't getting as sore as often so it's now time to kind of grow and increase that level and add more weight if, if your body is ready for it and things like that um, just for my personal growth and um, movement awareness so yeah it's super fun it's a great way to balance is that like? why your biceps are <laughs> popping these days <laughs> I mean, I All have been doing pulls. a lot of pulls lately, <laughs> <laughs> a lot more pulls than normal, and yes, they are, uh, don't be hating on my biceps. Why am I hating? <laughs> I'm complimenting. You're the one they that's saying that. They are sometimes whenever I finish working out, for whatever reason, they just like bold really good, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of like extend my arms out, because I don't want them to look too bulky. Not that that really matters, or like the aesthetic who even gives a shit, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's sometimes I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Where did those come from? Yeah, how did that happen? Like, I didn't think I was working that hard, but I kind of, you know, was really putting in that effort. <laughs> what were you just saying, Carly? Oh, I was going to say, I, I was very interested in how either of you were going to try to classify what movement is. I know, I, I didn't know how to put it in a it's category. Just, I mean, movement is like everything and nothing, and then depending on who you talk to, it's something very specific mm -hmm. or not. And I find it so interesting, even though like the the big movement world isn't necessarily my thing. I really love watching you guys practice and explore because you can see, like I can see how both y'all's brains work mm -hmm. when you do when you do movement, when you do floor work, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's very intriguing to me, not as like a super proficient mover myself, but as someone who likes to like get into the head of it mm -hmm. to watch you guys problem solve when you do it. Cause I think that's a really interesting component of the movement too, is it feels like it's a lot of, it's like exploration, it's curiosity, but it's also problem solving. Yeah. How can I do this? How can I do that? What would happen if I do this? Like yeah. there's so much curiosity in it. I'd say that's like the reason why I really like it to balance my yoga too, cause there's a lot of coordination involved, which there's just all different components so it's like you're finding the coordination within a fluid movement but like consistently with pace and you're trying to kind of keep so it's like really particular when he's like you stab the wrong foot or you, you know you place the hand the wrong place because it's really helpful like little nuances that when you're kind of wrapped up in it it gets really fun and addicting um I haven't done it we haven't done it in a while so we're I trying know. to get back into the groove again it talks about waves you know but with movement there's so many levels and I think when you do have someone that you can go with and move with they can give you little pointers like if you didn't feel that what happened, but they did, and you can watch it on video, and then like when you figure out that step, it's like a puzzle piece, and it's marvelous, and you're like, oh yes, and then it's, <laughs> it's a, a win. Yeah, it's a total win, because then you can feel the flow, like it starts to connect, and then there's like intuitive sense starts to like tap in, you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways. Um, for me recently, um, speaking about just like training out of necessity, like I do an astronomical amount of leg training you do right now. so much mm -hmm. leg I do so much right leg training now. and it's probably coming over into the classes a little bit mainly because I 
a little. You're taking them. No, a little bit. But I see those comments. <laughs> People are getting leg um, gains. Well, the, the funny thing about it is that because with a lot of uh, my rehab process, I have to do like really long isometric holds that for me holding a pose for like a minute or two is right now is literally nothing. Like it's not even like the beginning of the phase of challenge. And so um, it's hard to when I'm like, oh, really, it's been like 75 seconds of us holding this really extended long lunge. Well, I guess we'll just stay here for a bit because I'm <laughs> fine, um, which is obviously an absurd request. Uh, and that's kind of why I'm making fun of it. But yeah, for my recovery process, I've done so much leg training. And then some of the stuff I'm doing outside of my practice right now is also, um, I guess you could call it weighted stretching or like mobility-based stretching or functional mobility-based stretching. I'm really working into trying to get a better understanding of my pelvic position. And so to understand that in a number of different spaces, adding leverage, especially because my legs are so strong right now, is actually unnecessary and it's pretty available. So um, it's that's a lot of the stuff I've been working on recently and it's it's um, been really informational it's also been really interesting to just try to see uh, how some of that stuff applies to what I teach and to what I what I practice and then how it translates into so many other different things because um, you know your legs carry you throughout the world and so the more stable you are on your legs the easier it is to navigate space and that's a pretty simple metaphor but it's also something that really takes time like I remember in the beginning of doing a lot of this training probably about three months after my surgery, like every, every day I would wake up just being so sore. And now I honestly don't even feel any of it. And so that's interesting to see um, your body's ability to evolve. And it's, it's one of the one of the most interesting things because I've studied so much of this stuff recently um, too, is that you're, while all of our upper bodies are relatively complicated, um, because they do a lot of different nuanced things and the way you use your hands is really in the present moment and, and because they're interacting with so many things. Um, training for your upper body is much more specific to the individual and it's much more challenging. Training for your legs, just in terms of strength building, is actually quite simple. Like if you do X, Y, and Z things, you will get stronger. Like it's not, there's no, um, it's, it's just not very complicated. Like the process to growing isn't as challenging as it would be for um, working stuff through your upper body. Like as we were talking about a little bit ago with like me doing handstand pushups, for example, um, figuring that out took a bit of time, but to progress in that, uh, it's a bit more complicated, like how to figure out the load because it's also a skill. And so the way that I'm moving through space really matters when I'm doing some of that stuff. But when I'm doing some of these different lunging or squatting variations, if you just do them and you sit with the torture, like it just improves. Like your legs are used to recovering and it's so interesting to feel that on a day-to-day -day basis. I just think it's funny too that, you know, there's that constant joke about people skipping leg day, right? Yeah. And everyone wants, but like this squad, like every day is leg day for yeah. us. There's not a lot of leg day skipping. Like the awakening yoga practice inherently has quite a bit more legs than maybe some other yoga practices do. So, you know, if you're new here, you might be feeling that as you mm -hmm. join these classes. Uh, I find it interesting because even though leg stuff is hard, like holding postures is hard, all of those things, it's muscularly hard. What you said, it's almost like the brute work, the, it is. the grunt it is work completely. that you just do, and it you will see 
movement progression within that but it's hard to do because it's just the grunt work sometimes mm -hmm. right like your hands are so many more fine motor skills and everything that it's interesting to think about it that way it's like if you think about like the brain that's in the upper body versus lower body it's just a little it's a little dumber yeah. so you can just, <laughs> you can just you can just do the grunt work and sometimes you just have to do yeah. it and that's mm -hmm. how it works it's not more complicated yeah mm -hmm. it, it is that that brute brute strength approach i guess it's, it's really helpful um but yeah, we, I hope this helps answer some of the questions that we've received around this topic because I think it's a good one and I really think that everyone can chime in and give like their final little like one sentence statement on it. Um, <laughs> your thesis statement. Yeah, your, your, brief, your brief thesis. But I think the biggest thing that anybody can do is find joy in their movement. Like if you find joy in your movement, you'll make it part of your lifestyle. If you make it part of your lifestyle, it's easy to dedicate yourself to it. It's easy to make time for it. It's easy for it to just be um, part of the way that you live and you exist. Very similar to the pure mode, which I say, especially at the end of all the set and like solar vinyasa practices that I teach where it's like, you're practicing because it's your nature to do so. You're moving because it's your nature to do so. And if you uh, find joy in the way you're physically moving through space, whether that's yoga every single day, all day, or yoga four times a week, running three days a week, or however that breaks down for you, um, you'll continue to stick with it. And I think that's um, a wonderful thing that everybody should hopefully strive to experience. That was a nice, well-wrapped up thesis right wow. there. Well, it's like, yeah, like you kind of wrapped it all up in a nice little present. <laughs> there you go. There's well, Does anybody else have a, a comment? I only have mm -hmm. one, which is just mm -hmm. about reducing the pressure on yourself to Completely. try to do everything, right? Mm -hmm. There are only so many hours in the day and you only have what's available to you like in a realistic fashion. So it can be easy to get caught up in like, well, yoga practice is 60 minutes or it's 90 minutes and now I need to do this and this and this. And for most people, you know, you might be lucky to get 30 or 60 minutes total to do something, to do anything. So just being honest with yourself. If you have 30 minutes to practice yoga, but you also really love to spend 20 minutes doing something else, whatever that mm -hmm. is, then do 30 minutes of yoga and 20 minutes of something else. And you just let the expectation go that everything totally. must be something or that you always have to be doing more. Because like Patrick said, you're not, it's not going to be joyful if you have this constant voice in your head saying, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, and putting consequences behind it. So you just find a way to make it work for your life. So whether it's five minutes of five different things a day or one thing for a longer period. Um, I think you just have to be honest with yourself so that you can find joy and, and reduce the pressure because it's never enjoyable when it's a should. It's important to like schedule yeah. in movement or practice and keep yourself accountable if it's something you want to be dedicated to. But like Patrick said, if it's, it's a life enhancement thing. So if all you're doing is moving and adding these things and you don't have time for your actual life, then what is there left to enhance? So mm -hmm. just finding ways to, to reduce the pressure and, and make it work for you. I literally had that conversation with a best friend of mine like this morning. She reached out and because I was at the post, the story that we had just had, and it was an old gymnastics move that I had done that I hadn't done in literally 15 years. And she was like, man, it feels really good to see you do that because it gives me hope and inspiration to kind of get back into some movement. And from we were in such a regimented lifestyle where movement was something that we should do, we had to do. There was no ands, ifs, or buts. And now it's like she's trying to find little ways to incorporate it back into her life that she finds joy in. And now she's thinking like, maintain it and come back to it every single day in and day out and it looks different every single day mm -hmm. sometimes it's 30 minutes sometimes it's an hour sometimes you know it's five minutes but um she really finds like she's trying to remove that it's like a filter you just have to take it off and like refilter your mindset around why you want to move um in the first place and try to remove the should and just do it because you want to and because it brings you joy mm -hmm. agreed yeah. i'd say the only thing i would add <coughs> just to that is um 
it's, it doesn't have to be a 30 minute or an hour increment of time. Mm -hmm. I think so many times people feel a fail if you don't hit the mm -hmm. full time. Sometimes I move for 10 minutes and don't move again for a while. Here's another 20 minutes. And like things can compound. Mm -hmm. So I think breaking a sweat, finding movement every day that just, you know, and if you haven't found what you like yet, keep searching because mm -hmm. there's definitely things for you mm -hmm. if you haven't found anything yet. Yeah. Agreed. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the new space if you're watching. Um, it's always good to share practices with y'all, share these podcasts with y'all. I look forward to chatting again soon. We have lots of cool updates coming to the podcast soon, so stay tuned, and we look forward to chatting again later. Peace.